Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Pastors of Pain, your weekly radio show and podcast from uh, Two Priests. We're here, we're in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and life is good. I'm Father Brian O'Brien. I'm the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church on the west side of Stillwater. Maybe you've seen uh, our church, maybe you've driven by, maybe you've been in it. I hope you've been in it because it's a great place to come and pray. But we're at 711 North Country Club Road. Uh, and now uh, I would like to introduce my my co-host. His name is Father Kerry Wakulich. He's a Catholic priest. Yeah, I am. How's that going? Uh, other than everything's great. I was like, other than, other than and I didn't, I didn't have any great. options. I was like, some people, you know, that, that uh, <laughs> a lady one time said, I'm really, I'm really sad you you priests have to be celibate. And I said, I actually chose this life and uh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, actually and it's great. I, I love every day of uh, priestly celibacy. And she, you could like see the awkwardness start to arise. Uh, other, other than- Have we ever done a show on celibacy? No. I'm going to write that down. Okay, put it down, Put it in the tickler file. I'm writing I'm like, it down. Let's get it up. Scribble, it, scribble, the, scribble. Pri- priesthood, priesthood is pretty awesome. It, okay. is, especially since students have been back. There is co- just a different vibe in Stillwater when the students are here. Some people yeah. don't like it because there's traffic. Be, th- th- those are people who don't want our economy to there's grow. There's five people at a stoplight instead of two. <laughs> uh, what's funny... And I, I mean, I think especially people who like live here, I, I always say to my people, this is the smallest place I've ever lived. So any amount of like <laughs> still water traffic is like, it's okay. Yeah. Like I grew up in Houston. It's the worst, you know, like I went to college in Boston and I didn't drive much in Boston because they have good public transportation, mm-hmm. but traffic in Boston. Are you kidding? Bumpa to bumpa. The and so Stillwater is just like, it's heavenly. I mean, it's heavenly on many levels, but, yes. but anyway, traffic-wise. Okay, so you uh, last week you had uh, Kimberly Williams on, Ooh, who yes. helps you with uh, RCIA, yeah, making, a, making new Catholics. That's awesome. I think, we have, awesome. That's I mean, I think awesome. we have 18 students That's in RCIA. Awesome. Yeah, it is. That's it's really awesome. beautiful. And Praise it's God. growing. And the number's growing. I'm Praise a, God. Just going out there and just inviting students and talking to them, and they're like, yeah, actually, I've been thinking, I want to learn more about yes. Catholicism. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it was it was really fantastic. How's the uh, so you're in multiple locations? That going okay? The, no. Okay, you mentioned it like seems the, to be. It seems to. It's not perfect. Are people confused? I, I, I imagine imagine you owned a restaurant and it's okay, like, and you were um, say you sold hamburgers mm. and you got the bread here, the patty mm. over there, and they burgers. and the condiments like ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, pickles, grilled onions, and jalapenos at another location. It's that difficult. Like I, uh, I would normally, every day after mass, I would see you know forty or fifty students, talk to them. We'd plan meals together, talks, hangouts. Like we intentional talk. Now it's yeah. There's it's less really hard. Yeah, there's less. I think someone I was talking to somebody. I was talking to oh maybe Clay Clay Furley who's on your staff. He was oh, on yeah. the show with his wife Kayla. Oh yes. Before they were married, he was saying that they there's like a. Like like when you had a building, when you had St. John, there were kind of people there all the time. The usual suspects. People could just sort of hang out. Go to St. John's was sort of a launching point. You could like exactly. be there, go to class, come back, have lunch, go park to your class, car there, car, park your car there. So that's that 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 dynamic is missing. That is definitely missing. 
Yeah, so that kind of stinks. Between three locations. Yeah, but we're all, also what you know what comes You've had out good of that crowds though. What comes out of this it is also like creative new things that we never thought were possible. Like we like on Wednesday nights after our candle mass, we use that area out in front of New St. Francis Xavier, that big walk up, and yep. students just sit out there and socialize for hours. That's nice. And you know they they out they're out there and just sitting and, and talking. And the rectory is far enough away that they do not disturb my sleep. <laughs> Even though, man, last Wednesday, Father Pratt was here. Father Vince Fernandez was here. Oh, Exodus ninety guy oh was here. Oh my gosh, that was a lot name. of that was a lot of people. There was it was Nathaniel is Nathaniel. His name. It was bumping. And we st- yeah, and then we stayed up late watching the Paralympics. <gasps> what? Okay, I we uh, need to do a show on the Paralympics. If you're not if you're not watching the Paralympics, I, I think I'm going to watch the Paralympics more than the Olympics. The 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 uh, wheelchair rugby we- wheelchair intense. rugby. It's like on a basketball court. Wow. Yeah. It's and there's like a small. Those goal. dudes, their arms are. D- they jacked. are changing jerseys between halves. Yeah, they're sweating. I was so impressed. And then um, I the I think you could like have a homily or do a lesson on. We watched um, ball goal. I think it was called or goal ball. Goal, goal ball. And it was a rectangle about four feet tall. And about 18 to 20 feet long. It was basically three yeah, body like a, lengths yeah, uh, long. Kind of like a short soccer net. And it was it was like like bowling combined with like kickball. It was a really cool. And, I, and so and I nobody so, could see. And no one could see. Everybody was blind. It was remarkable. So when they put the bl- those black shields over the guys' eyes, because uh, we watched men's goal ball. Uh, it was because of the different levels of of ocular degeneration, dis- disability, or, yeah. ocular disability yeah. that they would because some people could see. So they put these, and the ball had this noise to it. Yeah, it had like a little bell in it. Yeah, so you could hear it coming. It was highly it, recommend. Yeah, and now I really there was a commercial while we were watching it. There was a commercial for they do like sprint sprinting, but like they but people are blind, so they sprint like attached to somebody else and they run together. Whoa. It's like a it's like I didn't a, see that. it's like a like the three legged race at the family picnic. Yeah, it's uh I wonder it's kinda like in a, well in in, in racing they they have a person called the hare and a hare sets the pace. So I think we just found our new Yeah evening it, activity. One of the things I like to do in the evening, I like to when I we get home at a reasonable hour uh, I like to kind of, and I do. I usually do like a little work. I'm doing email and just kind of catching up on the day while watching sports. Yes, we've been watching. I, I've been wanting to watch baseball, and baseball has disappointed me because there has been none on. I'm sorry. The other day there was a game. Oh, it was boring. But anyway, well, the, we've been watching the little league start at 9 p.m. I'm we've going been to watching bed. the little league World Series. We did watch the little league World Series? That was super fun. Uh, it was boring. Uh, Paralympics, awesome. Paraly- anyway, we're all about it. Okay, well, we want to... Let's dive into something. Uh, so last Saturday, last Saturday, oh. I went to, as did about 500 other people, uh, I went to the Diocese of Tulsa Faith Formation Conference. What? So you every went year, without me? <clears throat> you were invited. You didn't invite me? You were invited. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a busy weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, I gotcha. So every year, the Diocese of Tulsa, of which Stillwater is a part... Uh, it's the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. 
26,000 square miles, but 78 parishes. Aren't we western central Oklahoma? But that was we, probably a little we're longer We're the western to say. edge of the Diocese of Tulsa. On the fringe. Stillwater. Perry is not our diocese. Guthrie, not our diocese. Chandler, not our diocese. Agra? Uh, oh, oh. Agra, not our diocese. Ooh. Yeah. Ripley, so, yes. Ripley, yes. Perkins, yes. Coyle, no. Because you're Ooh. across the Cimarron. So uh, it was wonderful. And the, the topic was faith and basically faith and science, kind of okay. kind of divine revelation and science and how they go together. So the Love highlight it. of the whole thing, which I didn't see because I had to get back because I had confessions, was Father Robert Spitzer. He's here. And he's blind. Who is blind. And a genius. Is he in the Paralympics? He's in, peril, awesome. uh, he's in the he's genius in the genius Olympics. Priest Jesuit Paralympics. Um, anyway, he so I missed his talk because I had to I had to come back. So that was sort of the one I was like most looking for, but it was like at one o'clock. Anyway, couldn't get there. But the morning session was your friend and mine, Bishop Dan Muggenberg, of, soon to be Reno, uh, who is currently an auxiliary bishop of the diocese of Archdiocese of Seattle, and on September twenty something is going to become the new bishop of Reno, Nevada. And Reno's diocese is the size of the state of Oklahoma, seventy thousand square miles, <laughs> size of the thirty two <laughs> parishes. Anyway, and I'm going, and not enough priests. That'll have to be. That'll be fun to see a bishop installed. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a bishop installation since Seattle. Uh, no, that was or that was an ordination, consecration, something. Yeah, I went to uh, Archbishop Coakley's installation oh, right. in Oklahoma City whenever that was ten years ago. Yeah. So Bishop Muggenberg gives this talk about science and faith. What does he know? And He's a bishop. <laughs> He oh, he was a geologist. He was a geologist and studied like sacred scripture in Rome. But anyway, he just gave this wonderful little, a little, these little nuggets about how to read the Bible as a Catholic. And I thought that would be helpful because we live in what is called the Bible Belt. Wah, wah, wah. And so a lot of times when we talk to uh, Protestant brothers and sisters, when we talk to anybody, a lot of times there comes sort of disagreement about scripture. I would say most of the people I meet with is a disagreement about scripture, especially how to read it, are agnostics and atheists who um, will take the literal route of the scripture. What's an example of somebody taking something literally that like they shouldn't? They say, so our first parents' names are Adam and Eve. Oh. Or yeah. uh, the uh, was creation done in exactly seven days? Seven uh, twenty-four hour. Yeah, how is it? Yeah. How is it? Well, they'll say, how is it that cr- there's can be twenty-four hours when the sun, which marks the time, doesn't come till oh, day has four? It, yeah, hasn't been. Yeah, it hasn't been created yet. yet. So those things, and then as you get further on, like um, there's a line from the Psalms. Uh, I think it's from the Psalms. It says, "Your eyes are like doves." How is it that your eyes are doves? Well, your eyes well, are like doves. Well, if it's literally, you read it, and it's exactly as it says. What, what about when Jesus says, um, "If your right hand causes you to sin, cut, cut it, it off, off, or pluck your eyeball"? Or Jesus says, he he makes reference. He says, uh, when they he says, uh, who, uh, "Good teacher," and he says, "Only God is good." He's like, so he's saying that God is um, that Jesus is not God. He's making reference to himself that he is not God, because only God is good. Oh. Yes. That's problematic. Those are all, um, yeah, all yeah, things. Yeah, good examples, yeah. 
Yeah. Abraham, Abraham slaughtering his son on the mountain, murdering his son. He just violated the fifth commandment, which is thou shalt not kill. So is, is God a, a person who violates his own law? Except he didn't kill his son. Uh, but he attempted murder on him. Yeah, that's true. So Muggenberg, uh, Bishop Muggenberg, uh, it was just so good. So I just want to, I want to read, I want to read, I just want to get, let me. Is, get, this, a, uh, is this a direct copy He of it? sent me, he, I, I, I emailed him and oh. he sent me a copy of his talk. And I know that the diocese was recording it also, so I, but I haven't seen that. That hasn't like We'll put that out when come it out shows yet. up. But anyway, so he says this, but Bishop Muggenberg said this, when reading scripture, we need to remember that it was written so that we might come to know God and through that knowledge be saved and have eternal life as John expressed so well in chapter 20 of his gospel. So basically he's kind of getting to what, like what, what is the Bible for? What is scripture for? Yes. Um, And, and so later on he said, this was, this is one of the, I think one of the best signs. He said, the Bible was not written to teach us astronomy or secular history or medical practice or biology (laughs) or engineering or communication theory or psychology or geology or physics. The list goes on. You get the idea. <laughs> the list. Yeah. Well, so what, yeah, what, where, kind of how did we get the Bible? But then ultimately, what, what's it for? And John, it, John gives, it, he says, John gives the answer. John gives the answer in chapter 20. Yeah. That, that, that we're, we're given the scriptures to, to, to help us to be saved. What do you think of that? Oh, True I, or false? I, I, okay, so the, the argument that someone would put forward on one side or the other is, well, we've already been saved. We've already been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ on oh. the cross, so why do I need the scriptures? Oh. Or how can a book save me that human beings wrote? Those would be the two oppositions that I would quickly yeah. present to that. Uh, I mean, we would say it's the Bible. The, it's not the Bible that's doing the saving. I mean, G- if one is to be saved, it is by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And we know about that because of the sacred both scriptures. the Bible, but but also from the tradition. Yeah, we've heard it from both. I mean, if we didn't have a Bible, that would be terrible. But if we didn't have the Bible, we we would st- there would still be things known yeah. about Jesus and about because he's a historical figure, right? So there were things that were passed down. There's things we know that are not in the Bible. Correct. I guess to say. Um, but I think sometimes, uh, I think there's, a, there's this sense that because it's in the Bible. So we would say, you know, true, true or false, the Bible is true. True. We would say true. Yes, right? it is the very Bible true. The Bible is true. It's a living, breathing word of God. Yes. Um, but but to, no. to Bishop Muggenberg's point, is it, is it historically accurate? And Ooh. I think to th- I think to that we would say, well, it depends. Um, I think we we talked about on this show of like what what is the Bible, right? So the the seventy three books of the Bible, in a, in a Catholic Bible, seventy three books. Uh, many of our Protestant friends have a Bible uh, with sixty six books. Um, there's a the argument. Unlucky, over, unlucky for them. I know you're missing out. You're missing out on Sirach, Maccabees. Come on, man, they're great. Get on it. Historical books. Yeah, and they're wonderful. And That's where we get, yeah. I mean, the Festival of Lights. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler wouldn't have a song That's without another. that. <laughs> That's it. We should maybe do that. Should, that, Hanukkah, that could Hanukkah, be another really? show. Why do, 
Why do we have 73 books? That could be a, kind of a little apologetics. But anyway, back to the point. The is the Bible like a you know a history book? Yes, and so, right. So we would say yes, but so the seventy three books of the Bible. Think of it. Think of the Bible as a library, rather than like a, a novel or a right. you know okay. or a, his, a history book. Um, because even even the translation, right? The Greek. What's the Greek? The Septuagint. No, no, no. The oh. Greek of like the Bible. Like what is that? The, even the the word oh, Bible. biblia top yeah, biblia the yeah. books it means the books not so it's a, even though every you know every probably every person listening uh-huh. to this has a bible on their shelf or at home or on their phone you know and it, and it's all contained in one volume under one cover it really is i mean imagine imagine like you had a library of 73 books and you'd say, okay, what am I going to read today? Oh, I'm going to read Paul to the Romans. Okay, let me just grab that book. But because it's all under one cover, we kind of think, well, it's then it's all the same. And it's not. It's not all the same. So it's, it's true and there's always that and in there. I'm not, I'm not sure the word but is the proper yeah, place. Yeah, not but. Yeah. yeah. Both I, and. It, it's not either or. It's true and because but negates the previous statement yeah and grammatically so it's it, it's true and it's also not teaching you about geology it's not teaching you the difference between you know pyrite and and gold oh even though gold is mentioned even gold is mentioned it's not so so bishop Muggenberg, he had this line too he said so biblical truth is first and foremost saving truth yeah okay this it, he said that is an important and critical distinction that will guide how we read and interpret biblical text, lest we approach them with an unintended and unrealistic expectation. Wait, wait, so, wait. Say that again. So okay. He says uh, this. That is an important and critical distinction that will guide how we read and interpret biblical text, lest we approach them with an unintended and unrealistic expectation. Unintended. So if you if you sit down to read the Bible. And say, I am can't wait to learn history, physics, I Genesis chapter one, physics. Okay, I know my physics professor seems like a smart woman, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rather rely on on the Bible to learn my physics, right? You're, he says that's going. There's going to be, uh, an, that's an unrealistic expectation. Unrealistic expectation. You're putting on to the Bible. Kind of what you maybe want it Ooh. to be, but what it isn't. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, so I then would, he says, go on, so please. he says, such a misguided approach will inevitably cause three things. Three. Confusion. Uh-huh. Frustration. Ooh. And misrepresentation. Confusion, frustration, and misrepresentation. So if you sit down to read the Bible as a, as a physics book or, ge- or geology that, that might be more common in in, the, in this part of the world. Um, you're gonna be you're gonna leave confused and or frustrated and or misrepresenting either the scriptures or geology. Wow. So I thought when he 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 was up there and as he was saying that I thought I need to get a copy of this. Oh, did you listen and to luck- some of this? Well, I was there. You uh, the, a yeah. whole talk. Yeah, yeah, oh, you missed out yeah. on Spitzer. I did miss out on Spitzer. But this you heard. Um, anyway, just I just loved kind of the 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 reminder 
that the Bible is not what we want. I mean, it is what it is, and it is the living, breathing Word of God. But sometimes it's not always what we want it to be. And so when we go, you know, you dive into the Scriptures for an answer to to perhaps every question in the human heart. <laughs> yeah. But it's doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't have necessarily answers to to especially to scientific questions. What does it have answers to? Oh, I would say, you know, I remember learning like I think I was I think it was first communion and they said the teacher was like, "What does what does the what does Bible stand for?" And I remember being like, I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, and so huh? we had to, we had to learn basic instructions before leaving earth. Oh. Which, of course, you know, I mean, it doesn't stand for that. <laughs> but I always remember that. What does the Bible stand for? As it's an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> Tow, tube launch, optically tracked, wire guided. <laughs> it's a missile. <laughs> the Bible. So for me, that that's always been kind of a basis of things. And like, I think okay. that's some, like, sorry, I'm just still giggling about this. Like, and someone who gives you that is either yes for- There's all for, these second graders like, okay, B, uh, basic. <laughs> but then, but then, what do you teach them beyond that? What else did you learn? <laughs> I'm sure we learned other things. But sorry, that's what for me. That's what I mean. The scriptures there, there is. I mean, there is unbelievable wisdom of of how we ought to live. Obviously, I mean, starting with the words of Jesus, starting with the four gospels. But then, you know, Paul's letters, the Psalms, the Proverbs, every you know. All over the place, there is basic instructions on on how we are to live, how we are to pray, how we are to treat, each how to other, live in relationship with how God, how to live in relationship with God and our neighbor. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but then that frustration can set in when when we just when we put an unrealistic expectation on. Oh the yes, yes. I I think yeah. one of the unrealistic expectations people put on the Book of Revelation. The Big most, time. the most misunderstood, misunderstood. because yes. there, because I think those three things that you mentioned, uh, Bishop Muggenberg said, uh, they cause frustration. Like people approach the the Book of Revelation as if they're going, it's a you know this apocalyptic novel that is sort of going to tell them how the end of the world is going to come about. And if you ever read Scott Hahn's book, what is that? Uh, it's a, something about a the liturgy. Lamb Supper. The Lamb Supper. Yeah. He was an expert on the book of Revelation and he saw. As a it, Protestant pastor. As, as a Protestant yeah. pastor. Yeah. As a Presbyterian, I think. Yeah. He saw it as, which he then said, oh my gosh, I, I thought I discovered something. That as it was broken over, it was the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. In the mass. In the mass. Yeah. Yep, and, and as I, whenever I take couples through marriage, that's a prepar- great book. Yeah, I take couples through marriage preparation. I get them to the end, and I tell them the story of like marriage in in heaven of God with His bride, the church. And so I I I think the Book of Revelation is in that way misunderstood because yeah. people approach it with a different lens of looking at it rather than the way it was written. So Bishop Muggenberg says elsewhere, he says, the saving truth of God's self-revelation is there despite errors in cosmology, biology, and other natural sciences. Mm. 
So kind of saying, I mean, that there are in, in the scriptures, if you if you're relying on that to teach you about how the earth came to be, right, you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it wrong. Um, the saving truth of God's self-revelation is also there despite errors in grammar, spelling, historical dating, and geo- geographical references. Mm. So if you're looking at it for, you know, totally, you know, based on geography, there are places in scripture that that don't get the, the geography correct. So, so I think in the book of Exodus, when they're crossing the Red Sea. Yeah. And that's just a improper writing. It's the Reed Sea. It's a sea sea of reeds. And yeah, yeah, and and I think people, especially in like uh, we, you know, we have a seminarian who's a weatherman. And what we do? And one of the Jim Southern. Yeah. What's his name? Jim Southern. And yeah, exactly. And so he can bring something uh, really interesting. Jimmy Akins gave a a talk uh, on is Exodus real about how the wind blows through that region. And because we don't have it geographically in our mind, then we go to read the scriptures and we read the book of Exodus and we think, oh, this is all wrong. When in fact, we're just reading the geography wrong. Yeah, we're putting on it. We're looking at our our world map as we have it today. And we're like, how did they cross the Red Sea? Right. It's like, well, you didn't end up in Saudi Arabia. They ran across the Red Sea. I mean, I don't know how far across the Red Sea is. The Red Sea is huge. It's big, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, you can't see, and yeah, if you're on one side of it, you, you can't, can't see, see the other side. Yeah, because Saudi Arabia is on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, anyway, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting stuff. Do you see this on campus? I mean, you see people, I mean, you have, you have, how, are you having frequent discussions slash arguments about scripture? We don't. Uh, I, 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 I I that's, do, what I, that's what I picture you doing all day. I, I, it does happen. Students ask questions about this. Now, is there an everyday debate? No. Is there, is there opportunities when students have questions and say, I don't understand why the Bible says this? And, and they, they're approaching it. In an improper way, just as Bishop Muggenberg said. And if you approach it incorrectly, it, then you're going to be confused by it. Uh-huh. There, so there you go. One thing I think is is a helpful uh, tip, if you will, uh, that, that everybody should be reading the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I agree. But I think it's it's something not really meant to be read alone. Uh, because the danger can be... And, and and often, I mean, this is where Christianity has gone in 48,000 different directions. And that is how you interpret it personally might be different than how I interpret it mm-hmm. personally. And you could you could read a passage and get the, the exact opposite conclusion that I get. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible is not meant to be read alone. It's meant to be read like in and with the church. But now we get into the dilemma then, even even among churches, there are differentiating views of, you know, of, of a particular path. I mean, John 6, we just finished reading John 6. Correct. About the Eucharist. the Eucharist, the bread of life. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, you do not have life within you. I, I love that. I was always translated. I translated it every week for my students. And it says something, it's, in Greek, it sounds like this. Me gnaw on bread, flesh, eternal life. 
So we try to polish words up and make sure, sure everything flows. Sure. But when you read it in Greek, it's like, it's hard language. But we have different, you know, if you look at the way Catholics view that and the way, uh, you know, a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Baptist or an atheist, you know, would, right. would, would read that. It's different. It's different. And so then, I mean, we won't get to this today, but, you know, then it comes down to, well, then who's, who's right? Either we're all wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. Uh, but we can't all be right. <laughs> that's true. And that's the, that's the hard part. That's the hard part because, you know, our, our Baptist friend would say, well, I'm right. And I would say, no, you're not. Like, I, I, no, I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> um, and, but when I say I'm right, I don't mean I, me, Father Brian O'Brien, is, is right. As if I've, you know, done some major study on it and come to this conclusion, radical yeah. conclusion on my right. own. I'm a part of the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, and that, I think we're right. Some, some, uh, or I wouldn't some, be a Catholic. Yeah. Some helps for people, I would say, is uh, go to Jeff Cavins, listen to his Bible timeline, follow that storyline, and then he breaks the books up for you, The Great Bible Adventure. Uh, so also, Father Mike Schmitz. Ma- Father yeah. Mike Schmitz, the first episode of his Bible in the year lays out for you how to read the scriptures too. That was good. And with, with Bishop Muggenberg's notes that Father Brian gave today, I think uh, for you all out there in listening land who may, who may be like, I don't understand. I think it, give the scriptures a second chance. And if Where you, would you start? If Where you would been, you start? If you'd never read the Bible... Where, where, Whoa, where, where would I start? Where would you start? I would start with, I love the Gospel of Mark. Yep. I'd start with the it's Gospel. It's the shortest. And it's written to people who are not Jews and not Christians. Yep. Well, anyway, that's all we got today. Wow, that was it? That was yeah, fast. Yeah, so fun. Man, our producer, Jay, he's what a great guy. So good. So good. So good. All right, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. We hope you have a great week. Uh, pray for us. Goodness. And uh, go Pokes. Let's go. Go Pokes. Happy football season. Peace.